Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the lead pastor. And we are continuing our message series called Unstoppable. And we've been looking at uh, the book of Acts, studying uh, the early church. And the reason we're doing this is, as many of you know, uh, in two weeks, we're going to be moving uh, to the Jesse Turner Community Center and beginning a new chapter as a church. Uh, There's a new opportunity to reach people, a new opportunity to band together Uh, as a church. And so we thought, what better way to really seize this opportunity than to to learn uh, from the early church as they moved and changed and grew and reached people. And so if you've missed any of this series, I encourage you, you can uh, follow us on podcast. If you search Ridgeview Church Fontana, wherever you get your podcast, you can also Uh, Follow us on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and then you can also find uh, old messages, old sermons on our website. And so, so far in this series, we've been talking about the church as this unstoppable movement. That is this work of God that he is doing to band his people to really change the world and to turn it upside down. So we've talked about the first week of this this movement that that can't be stopped. Last week, uh, we talked about the importance of of as we band together and as we're part of this movement, what it means for us to be unified. How do we all work together? How do we band together shoulder to shoulder to be a part of the mission that God has given us? So this week, we're gonna continue with that unstoppable theme, focusing on boldness. And to be a part of anything significant, to change our lives and to be a part of God changing the world, it, it takes a great amount. Of, of boldness. In fact, that's one of the primary themes of the book of Acts. As you see the gospel spread and the early Christian movement get started, uh, they're reaching people in new territories, new regions, different cultures. Uh, they're really against opposition who are coming against them, trying to really kind of squash the movement of Christianity. And so within every twist and turn, uh, they faced fear. They faced the unknown. They faced really not having experience in certain things just like we do today. And we face similar fears in our life, within us, maybe even externally from others. Uh, Boldness is something that that we all need to make progress in life and certainly to live the Christian life, we need boldness. And so I hope today we'll encourage you of where boldness comes from and how you can actually get it into your life with God's help. But I wanna start by defining what boldness is And boldness is behavior born out of belief. And the belief is not just a feeling. It's really a sense of like a conviction. That is something that you know to be true from experience. The idea that that it's not shaken. I have a boldness out of this experience with with God. I have a boldness out of this experience of how life works that, that I know this is true. It's born out of belief of something that is real, something that I've experienced, the way that I know God comes through. And so today we're going to dig into some of that belief which we can find in the early followers of Jesus, specifically uh, the apostle Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples. And we're going to see some of the, the beliefs he had as he saw Jesus come through again and again. The reason I want to talk about belief is because it actually does uh, impact our life. What you believe about yourself what you believe about God actually impacts the way you go about your life. It impacts your decisions, uh, your, your attitude, 
All of this kind of flows from this belief, which flows from this perspective that also flows out of what's important. And without realizing it, oftentimes we just have these assumptions. For instance, if you believe you're going to fail at something, most of the time you will what? You will fail. If you think that you can't do something, most of the time you're, you're not going to do it. And if you try to do it, it becomes very difficult. There's something about our mind which really does impact what we do. Now, again, belief can kind of feel like maybe this, this Disney movie, this, this kind of sentiment of just if you believe it, you can dream it and it will become true. Well, it's much more than an emotion or, or a feeling. Again, the belief when you follow the Lord Jesus is, is a reality of experience. You see God come through again and again. So that's that idea of boldness. It's born out of belief. But the word boldness is also helpful to define, and this is from the Greek word, parousia, and it means this, it's outspokenness, assurance, courage, and confidence. It means to act without fear. I don't know about you, but I actually want to be a type of person that has that type of boldness, this sense of a confidence, not in myself, but again, in, in God who will come through. I wanna have an assurance that what I'm giving my life to really is the main thing. It's the best thing. Out of all the options of how I could live my life, I wanna have a, like an, a boldness that this is, following Christ is the most important thing. And I hope that's true for you as well. And you may be testing the waters of what it means to follow Jesus. You may be investigating. You may have been a Christ follower a long time, but through just time, you, you may have lost some of that assurance. You may have lost some of that confidence in who God is. And so I hope today God will stir in your heart just this sense that he can be trusted and you can move forward in boldness because of who he is, not because of you, your strengths or your failings. Also, I hope that we can become the type of church that really acts with boldness that we can move forward with a confidence that we know when we trust God, when we move forward in faith, He will come through for us. And so wherever you find yourself, I hope today as we dig into the scriptures that God just kind of opens your heart, just raises your vision for the life that you can live and the difference that you can make. And so I wanna dig in. I wanna talk about Peter again, who's one of the main characters uh, in Acts. And as we talk about boldness and the apostle Peter, what's just so interesting to remind you is Peter actually denied Christ three times. In the middle of Jesus' arrest and beating and crucifixion, people were approaching Peter as this scene is unfolding and saying, hey, aren't you one of Jesus' followers? Aren't you one of his disciples? Aren't you a part of his team? And people asked him three times and three times he denied Christ. And Jesus predicted that he would do that. And Peter assured Jesus, I would never betray you. I would never deny you. And at that moment, the rooster crowed, which Jesus said it would. And he was reminded that he had denied his Messiah, the person that he had really given his life to. In the moment of pressure, in the moment of conflict, he, he bailed. The reason I share that is we talk about Peter and his boldness. We have to remember that this was somebody just like us who failed who sometimes in the middle of pressure, he crumbled. In fact, he denied Christ, but he was forgiven. 
And he was made really this, this kind of tip of the spear of the Christian movement in the first century. And so no matter where we are or how we've maybe given into fear in the past or how we've maybe missed the mark on our loyalty uh, to Christ, we can always change. And it's the life of Peter that, that assures us of that. And so I want to just share a story where he and another disciple of Christ, John, uh, were walking along. And this is in the middle of the Christian movement uh, really spreading and all the disciples taking responsibility to share the gospel, point back to the event of Jesus's resurrection. Again, the movement is founded on that one event, Jesus, the risen Christ. And Peter and John are walking uh, kind of in the, the cities and the marketplaces and they're meet, reaching people and sharing Christ. And they come across this man who had been lame, that is crippled for over 40 years. And it's hard to imagine. I shared last week I had hurt my back and for two days I felt like I was crippled. And in those two days, it was such a struggle. And here, Peter and John are coming across somebody who had experienced even worse than that for most of their life, 40 years. You can imagine, it's, it's hard to even like, fathom what that would be like, the low that this man uh, experienced. And they come across this man, and as he reached out, they, they saw his faith, and Peter said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk, and he does. And this man, who was crippled, could not walk, who's lame, begins to stand up, and everyone sees, wait, isn't this, he, I've never seen him walk in my life. And just this just great commotion and stir just enamors all the people. Like, wait a second, what is going on? How did this, this happen? And controversy starts like, what's going on? How did this happen? Everyone's confused. And some of the, the temple court, the temple guards uh, under the Sanhedrin, which is a religious group of the time, say, hey, th- these two men are causing a, uh, trouble. And the, the people are, they're unrest. And there's this conflict and the Sanhedrin get involved and think, okay, We know who these people are. These are those Christians. This is the threat to our religious order. This is the the threat to to what we've established as the religious leaders of our time. And so Peter and John were brought before this religious group, the Sanhedrin. And in these times when somebody was brought before the Sanhedrin, this religious order, it was serious. In fact, these men were dressed in nice robes and very proper and formal authoritative, what they said went. And in these times of trial, they would actually form like a a circle. And the person on trial would be in the middle of the circle. If you can imagine just the fear that would be upon you as you're really talking and in the middle, pleading your case to these people that have literally surrounded you. And it's kind of a form of intimidation. It's It's a strategy to let them know, like, we're in charge. We hold the power. And so Peter and John are in this circle. They're facing this trial for this conflict and this stirring and this controversy that had erupted, which was them healing a man in Jesus's name. So you begin to see this this conflict of the movement of Christianity and the religious order and the culture of the day. And they were hurling questions at them and they would kind of give their verdict like, we're going to beat you or we're going to imprison you or we're going to kill you. And you'd be in that circle and you wouldn't know what they would decide until they decided it. And that, that was your fate. And so Peter and John were in the middle of this circle, as you could imagine, faced all sorts of fears. And the Sanhedrin asked a very important question, which gives Peter 
an opportunity to choose boldness. And the question is, by what name and by what authority do you do these things? In, in other words, what gives you the right to do what you have done? That is, to make a difference, to love, to serve. Like, What gives you the right to do that? Which is a crazy question. Because they are helping. They're serving. They're loving. A man who was crippled for four years is no longer crippled. By what authority can you do that? What gives you the right? And here is Peter's bold response. And this is found in Acts chapter 4, verse 8. And it starts, Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, This is just the reminder that, that this was not about him, his own power, his own words. When you decide to follow Christ, God himself lives in you in the person of the Holy Spirit. And there's God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's the the Trinity, the three in one. And the Holy Spirit lives in you. And it gives you this, this boldness and it gives you this power. And so Peter, he's filled with this Holy Spirit. And this is what he says. He said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Again, he's saying, we're in trial here. You're circling us. You're intimidating us. And this is because we've helped somebody. Do you want to know how we did it? Great question. Gives them an opportunity. Well, if you want to ask, I'll tell you. And then he says, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. At that moment, he could have backed down. He could have shifted the story. He could have acted like he didn't know. Because again, they knew that if they claimed the powerful name of Christ, who the Sanhedrin were part of crucifying and killing Jesus, he knew that, that he was just right in the death zone. But he doesn't back down. He claims the only way that they were you know, able to heal was because of that name. So the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. And then he goes further. He says, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. The reason this is so interesting is there's two religious groups at the time, the, the Pharisees and the, the, the Sanhedrin and the Sadducees. Uh, but the Pharisees were very like law followers, but this Sanhedrin, this group that they were in front of, did not believe in the resurrection from the dead. And so they were the primary people just trying to squash any sort of resurrection story about Jesus. They didn't want to believe it. They didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to see it. They, they, they wanted this to stop. It's like they were the arch enemies of Jesus and Christianity. And he just says, the man that you crucified, Jesus, he rose again and he's back to life. And with that boldness, he says this before this circle that is ready to take him out. The reason I say just the importance of that, the powerful name of Jesus is even today, there's something about the name of Jesus which still causes controversy. We have a movement now in our culture and in our world where people will accept like a belief in God. Like I believe in God. People will accept and promote spirituality. 
that is kind of seeking out maybe just a higher being or a higher power. Maybe trying to figure out how to live better, to understand, to love all people. It's very general. And it's very spiritual and it's kind of feelings-based. It's got some kind of seasoning of, of new age and maybe Eastern spirituality. But as soon as you mention the name of Jesus, it begins to, to fracture all of that. People still have a problem like, oh, well, you don't need to mention him. Years ago, I had an opportunity to pray at a city council of one of our neighboring cities. And in their policy was that you can pray, but, but basically don't pray in the name of Jesus. That was in their, their like description. And we had some connections at the city where we were praying and just said, hey, if you're inviting us to pray, we will pray in the name of Jesus. And if you don't want us to, that's fine. We just, we will not come to pray because we can't pray without praying in the name of Jesus. That's why when you pray, you always want to pray in Jesus' name. Why? Because of the authority. We can pray and ask God for help. And we can be bold in our requests. We can trust what we pray because not of our words, not because of our understanding, not because of our own power. It's the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. And so Peter, before this group of people, chooses boldness and says, the only reason that we are able to make a difference is because of Jesus Christ. And he stands before them. There's something in his name. There's a power. There's the foundation for which we can get our boldness. And the story continues, and here's the response. The members of the council, check this out, they were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scripture. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. I just, I love this verse. Acts 4, 13. If you've not memorized this, I encourage you to memorize this today. That could be a next step. I think that would be an encouragement to you, but it's just this reminder. They were amazed at the boldness of Peter and John. And this is the first point. If you're following along, I encourage you take some notes. You can pull out your note on your phone, however you want to take notes. But I want to give like three main points this morning, how we can experience this unstoppable boldness. And here's the first one. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. That is extraordinary. Ordinary people can get boldness that's not of themselves when you decide to follow Jesus. That's a promise. And that's what we see in the lives of Peter and John. That's what we see in the followers of Christ. That's what we see in the thousands that decided to follow him. And that's what we see today in our world. Ordinary people. The scripture says that they were ordinary men. What's really interesting about that word ordinary, the Greek word there is idiotas. I don't know if that sounds like a word you may have heard of, idiotas. It means unschooled, unlearned. Our word today that we derive from that is the word idiot. That's not a word that we want to be called. That's not a word we want to call other people. But it's from that ordinary. Like there's nothing special. In fact, you don't seem very intelligent. You don't seem like you have an education. It seems like you're ignorant, however you want to define it. 
And the religious leaders say, these are, these are ordinary men. There's, there's nothing intelligent or smart. They don't seem like they have it all together. Their appearance, the way they carry themselves. But they had this extraordinary boldness. The reason this should encourage you is oftentimes we think before God can use us, we have to get our whole lives together. This Sunday, today, we're celebrating baptism at Ridgeview Church. And part of baptism sometimes is this feeling like, before I'm baptized, I need to make sure I kind of clean up my life. The Christian life's actually, you turn to God, you get help from Him, and then He does the cleaning. He grows us. And so you, you take baptism really, it can be like one of your first steps, decide to follow Christ and then be baptized. The reason is, is because God uses the ordinary to do extraordinary things. He uses our little ounce of faith and he grows it. And if you feel like God can't use you, we're all ordinary. And if you have it all together, God can use you too. If, if you're very skilled, God can use that and you can use your skill to bless the church. But if you feel like, well, I don't have any special skills. I don't have that much experience with God. I don't even have much boldness. In fact, I'm fearful most of the time. God can use you because God uses ordinary people and he gives them extraordinary boldness. He doesn't need the best of the best. The theme through scripture again and again is in our weakness, God is strong. In our shortcomings, God fills the gap. This is so encouraging to me. Do you know how many times I just feel like I don't have it together? I don't have enough. I don't know how to lead as I should. I don't know how to help my wife. I don't know how to parent the way I should. And it's so easy to beat myself up and just think I can't do it. I don't have what it takes. And you may feel that as well. But it's in our ordinary, just understanding or effort or vision that God can use us. These men, they were ordinary with no special training and God uses them. And that ordinary people with extraordinary boldness can make such a difference. Now you may ask, well, what, what does that mean for me? Like, what would that translate? Well, if you're willing to stand up for what's right and true, God can use you. You may be in a workplace where everyone gossips and they talk about people and they talk about the boss and it's just a culture of bashing and you could make a stand like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna get into the gossip. I'm not gonna bash my boss or any authority. I'm gonna actually try to use words that, that build people up according to what the scriptures say, Ephesians 4.29. If you make that stand and just decide, you don't even have to make a statement. You could just, just not participate or you can steer it in a certain way. God can use you to make a difference in your workplace. If you decide like in your home, you're gonna use your finances to build the kingdom of God instead of maybe building materialism or independent wealth or maybe even just the appearance of wealth, that step of boldness of like maybe going against the pull of consumerism that we find so prevalent in our country, that's actually a step of courage, of boldness. Like I'm actually gonna give things that's connected to the kingdom of God into eternity and not just in materialism here and now. God can use you. Your kids will watch that. That can make a difference in their life. You may be a part of something where it just seems like a little bit off, like there's dishonesty or there's just some maybe dealings in business which aren't with integrity and you just may have to stand and say, I, I can't do that. I need to, to, to follow the, 
the law here. I need to be true to my, my word. I need to be faithful. Whatever it is, God can use you in that way. And so oftentimes we may think it's like in these huge things, but it's in these little decisions where we decide I'm going to do what's right. Could be that there's people in your life that are struggling and they're looking for answers and hope and you have it. You're a Christian, you're a Christ follower and God wants you to speak up about your faith. That takes extraordinary boldness. But God gives it. And so God may want to use you in your family, in your friends, in your marriage, with your kids to speak up. Because notice what the religious says. And they notice that these men had been with Jesus. God wants to grow us and change us. And we want people that know us to see like there's something different. But we don't want them just to have to figure that out or guess. We want to explain. Here's why I've changed. Here's why I'm making different decisions. Here's why I'm changing my priorities. Here's why I'm spending my time differently. It's because I've been with Jesus and he's changed my life. That takes extraordinary boldness from ordinary people to change the world. That's point number one. Point number two, your boldness will amaze the world. Now, notice the word is amaze. It's not necessarily impress, but there's something different. Like, whoa, that, that's different. And that can be good or bad depending on the person's perspective. But notice it goes on. It says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They were amazed because they had circled them. They knew that they had the power to kill them and take their life out at any moment. And they were amazed that they didn't care. Peter proclaimed the name of Jesus. If you'd like to know, the person that you killed and rose again, it's in his name that we were able to do this. And they were amazed that he was willing and that he chose that kind of boldness to stand up and say, it's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Again, everybody's looking for hope. People want to change the world. They want to experience that. And they want to look for it anywhere else but in the name of Jesus. Again, it's that name. And it's what Jesus represents. But as Christ followers, we have a duty. We have to stand up for the name of Christ. And as we do, it can amaze the world. And God can use that. People can stop and say, what is that? What's going on there? There's something there. And they may be intrigued. They could be repulsed. They could be turned off. We can't control that. But we can be ordinary people with extraordinary boldness. And God can use that to amaze the world and to make a difference. Point number three, and this is where it all comes together. Spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. There's no other way to get the boldness that Peter and John exhibited. Again, it goes back to they had been with Jesus. They had followed Jesus. They were giving their life to him. And God gave them, again, the Holy Spirit. God gave them hope. God gave them purpose. And they'd recognized, again, that these men had been with Jesus. Now, I think in my own life, if I was before a court that were demanding that I speak about things and question my faith, like I'd just be overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. My knees would be shaking. But for Peter and John, no matter the fear that they, I'm sure, faced and 
or thinking and analyzing, it could not and it would not counter the things that they had seen and experienced. We talk a lot about that at Ridgeview Church. This is why we offer so many different events and we offer so many experiences and we want to talk about the Bible in a way that it translates in our day life because if you apply the Bible to your life and you have experience with God come through, nobody can take that away from you. God came through for you and you've experienced it. And that experience, direct experience, that's actually what drives the truth of God's word into our heart. We believe it. Not because somebody just told us, but because we've seen it. We've seen it and it worked and God came through. And that's what God continues to do to us. He wants to give us boldness, not from ourselves, but from experiences that we have. I want to share just a little a diagram here, which is a help to me that kind of puts all this together. How does this boldness come from, from knowing Christ? How do the, the pieces come together? Where there's, there's four different parts here, and you'll see that they all connect with each other. And the four parts are time, faith, boldness, and results. And again, you can see that image there. Time, faith, boldness, and results. If you want to grow boldness, and you want to be a part of making a difference in the world, it starts with time with God. Time where you get to know Him. And you get to know Him through His Word, His guidebook for us. You read the instructions that He's given us, the perspective, the attitudes. You read stories of the early church and stories of the Old Testament of how God continues to come through. And it it should give us hope and faith. Like, God came through for them. He will come through for me. I need time to spend with God. To get that time, oftentimes you need to you know, take away time from somewhere else. And oftentimes for me, that's in this. If you want time with Jesus, you have to have less time on your phone. You have to have less time maybe doing meaningless things. And you need to spend more time in God's word. And as, as you do that, your faith grows. Again, you, you learn and then you begin to put something into practice. And as you see that that made a difference, like your, your faith grows. That's that experience I'm talking about. You learn the truth, you apply it, the truth gets driven into your heart like a hammer. And now that truth, it guides you. It impacts your life. So once you spend the time, you have experience, the faith is built, that gives you boldness. I know God will come through. Why? Because last week when I was stressed at work and I didn't know what to do, I prayed, I asked God for help, and he reminded me that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And I can request and he'll give me peace that surpasses understanding. God's word, experience, stress, God came through. It's in my heart. Now I have boldness, whatever I face. Stress, just like I did last week. I can have the help of the Lord Jesus. This has happened throughout the centuries. This is what God does. We spend time with him, our perspective changes. We put into practice, our faith is built. As our faith is built, we grow in boldness. We begin to pray for God to come through. Every request, we we see, God, you can do this. You can make this happen in Jesus' name. You can bring the healing in Jesus' name. You can change this heart in Jesus' name. You can provide for us where we're short in Jesus' name. You can bring peace to this chaos in Jesus' name. You get to know the heart of God through the scriptures you put into practice. 
your faith grows, you grow in boldness, you begin to pray bigger. And Joel Berry next week is going to speak and close out our series talking about unstoppable prayers. How? In boldness, when we pray, God works. So I hope you'll join us next week for the conclusion of that. Time, faith, boldness, and then results. We see again God come through. And we see God come through. We want to spend more time with him and get to know him. And then we want to build our faith more and put it into practice. And then we're going to have boldness and then results. And you just see it just keeps on going. And this is how we change. And this is how our families change. This is how we can change the city of Fontana in Rancho and San Bernardino to Inland Empire, Southern California, our state and our country and the world. We are these witnesses of the difference of the people who have been with Jesus. There's nothing that can replace time, faith, boldness, and then just seeing God work. Time with Jesus builds your faith, which leads to boldness that produces spiritual results. And that's what we're praying here at Ridgeview Church. As we enter into this new season, in two weeks, as we move into a new place in a new region, God, we step forward in faith. We want to spend time doing your will, getting to know your mission. We want to live it out and we're going to be bold in our faith. And we know that you are going to make a difference. That's what we're living. Our church right now has an opportunity to live this out. God, we make a difference in our cities and in our homes, in our communities. And it starts with make a difference in my life. Transform my own heart. Acts 4.20. This is my prayer for us in this season. We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. We cannot stop telling. That's the boldness, which leads to results. We're just going to keep talking about Jesus, sharing about Jesus, the difference that he makes. One of the primary things that you can do to help us at Ridgeview Church is you can invite people to our church, to watch our online service, to come to a meetup, to come to our church, to come with us to check it out at Jesse Turner, to come to one of our services. Tell people about our church. You, if you can just tell people about Jesus and the difference he makes in your life, God will use you in extraordinary ways as you take that step in boldness. This is the prayer that I have for our church. God, make us this type of people. And with that, I wanna close out with just two next steps this week. We've been talking about how do we get a grip as we make this move, as we enter into this new chapter, and we've talked about giving and extending ourselves to mission, giving financially, giving our time to volunteer, and then rallying, encouraging each other, committing to the community of Ridgeview. And then today it's this idea of inviting. How can we invite people to our church? How can we share our faith with others? That's why Jesus came. To heal the sick, to, to reach those that need hope. And so the next steps today is to, to memorize Acts 4.20. We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. The reason it's important to memorize that is this commitment. Like I need to keep seeing and hearing God. I need to see him at work in my life. I need to keep my eyes open to what he's doing. Join him in that. And I need to keep 
hearing from his word, allowing him to speak to me. And then I just, I need to be sharing. I need to be sharing it. I have to step forward in in faith. I, I have to share. I can't keep silent. I can't keep to myself. I have to share. So memorize that. And then the next is, I need to be bold in my faith with. So what I want to encourage you to do right now is on that connection card that we usually have you fill fill out. And if if you never watched a service, you could see the tab there. Um, On your mobile device, you can click on the three lines and you'll find it. If you're on the web, you'll see it on the top. But on the connection card, there's a place where today you can just say, I'm going to be praying for boldness to share with these people. And I just encourage you, at Ridgeview, I would love for us to just create this list of all these people that we're just asking God to help us be bold in our faith with. And I just would love just to be able to pray through the people that that you wanna share your faith with. And so I encourage you right now, click on that connection card. Let us know how we can pray for you. As you say, God, I want to spend time with you. I want to continue to walk with you. I want to build my faith. I want to pray for this boldness. And then I want to see the results. It's decided like I'm going to actually pray and then I'm going to act. So I encourage you, take that step. Pray for people that you can share your faith with and then do it. Put it on the calendar. When could you get with them? When could you share with them? When could you just pray right now for those opportunities to happen? I encourage you to do that. Be encouraged. God uses ordinary people and he gives them extraordinary boldness. When we act with boldness, it can amaze the world. But the good news is it's not about us or our own effort. Spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. I hope this has been an encouragement to you. Let's just pray and ask that God will give us this boldness. Father, thank you for the reminder that we don't have to be special or elite to join your team to be a part of the kingdom of God. You use weak people, fearful people, all of us filled with shortcomings and sin. And you use us to make a difference in this world. God, will you give us boldness right now to share our faith with those that you've put in our life. It's not by chance that we're connected to our neighbors and it's not by chance that we're connected to our family and friends. It's not by chance that we have the coworkers that we have. God, will you just give us a chance to build a bridge, to share? Will you give us boldness? In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.